When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to What a Load of Cobblers, Cobblers Catch-Up, a handy summary of the week's transfer news from Sixfields. Out of the loop, or just like a cobbler's natter, don't worry, we've got you covered. I'm Tom Reed, and today I'm joined by Wallet regulars Brendan Walsh, aka The Shoe Army, and comms guru and cars bar stalwart James Avril. How's it going, guys? You okay? I'm good, thank you, mate. Good, thanks, Tom. <laughs> James is fresh from holding the bar up at um, cars bar. In fact, I think it might actually fall down if you're not there, James. You might... <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know, will we? He's always uh, he's always holding court there, but fair play. Um, yeah, so first up in a tumultuous week of transfers at the Cobblers, let's talk about the ins and outs uh, of John Brady's squad revamp. Um, it's not quite an overhaul, thank God, but there's been a f- uh, fair few new faces through the door. Um, Brendan, they all came at once, didn't they? I don't even think the local press were prepared for it. I think... Jake Sharp said that they were supposed to happen in the space of a week, but they happened maybe in a, a couple of days. Obviously, um, pleasing the players that have come in, I guess. Yeah, I think uh, on the whole, uh, you, no one can be too upset with the the level of recruitment that's gone on. I mean, they're not they can't all be wins. It, you, it's always the you know I look at like Koike, he was a trialist last year and it came with no pedigree, and like some of the players that people were aware of or came from bigger clubs ended up not really doing much so you know if it was a science we'd all be very rich um but on paper you have to be pretty happy with it there's not much, too much i would change there um yeah pretty good cool we'll go into who's come in and who's left in the next few minutes um james you've seen a fair few cobblers transfer windows whatever you call it and sometimes you know maybe as, as, a, as a fan that's seen of quite a few seasons like myself you tend not to get too carried away because there's been several seasons before I mean there where we thought the transfers were brilliant and they've turned out not to be but James that overall just looks pretty good touch with doesn't it I think it's been a promising start I mean I've, I've probably told this anecdote before on this on this podcast but I've pretty much stopped judging whether a player is a good signing or not until I've given them kind of 10 games in a cobbler shirt just harking back to the season when I was thrilled that we signed Leon Constantine and absolutely thought what a waste (laughs) of space this Adebayo Akinfenwa guy is going to be did you see him come (laughs) off the bench for Millwall against us you know he he looked a big lad even for for him and um, look how they respectively turned out you just never know it just clicks for some players at some clubs and not others on the face of it you know, I don't read, usually read too much into, you know, fans' comments. Again, you think back to Ricky Holmes, got slated by Pompey supporters. But on the face of it, the four signings that we've brought in have all had pretty good kind of comments from, from, from the fans of their last clubs. So obviously that's not the be all and end all, but it's certainly a promising sign. We're going to call it the James Averill, Leon Constantine rule for any new signings that we're not going <laughs> to... 
<laughs> Until they've left the club, we're never going to take it for granted. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. And we'll go through the players now that have come in and just I'll probably go switch between both of you and you have a little comment. Um, Lee Burge, in no particular order, Lee Burge, a goalkeeper. We needed a new goalkeeper, obviously, with Robbo leaving. Ex-Sunderland, a two-year deal. They're all actually two-year deals, which is um, quite uniform. Um, Brendan, he, well, I don't want to do the Leon Constantine rule, but he just seems a safe pair of hands. I, I, I can't believe I said that now. It's going to go badly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like what James said, I, I, I think everyone is kind of, everyone's in that mode, isn't it? If uh, I remember some of the players that we signed all the way back, but 17-18 uh, of January of with... Um, the the mystery Chinese money and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and on paper they all looked great and they all come with good pedigree but at this point when we haven't seen them play that's all we can go by and if that's what we're going by on Lee Burge like I think we've got we can't really have, have done too much better you know he, two seasons he's been um, player of the year in the league he's been in as, as a goalkeeper he's player of the year for Sunderland in in league one and then he got a nasty bout of COVID apparently and um, couldn't keep his place in the side last last season, and, and and he lost out to a local lad, I think, from their academy. He just you know didn't drop the shirt once he got it. So to get um, a player like that through the door at Northampton is a bit of a coup, I think. You know that he wouldn't. He, I doubt there would have been a. I think even Brady said that he had options to go elsewhere. Um, but then you know I I still think that last season we obviously signed Roberts and. Oh, God, I can't remember the name of the other goalkeeper now. That's annoying. Johnny Maxted. Uh, Johnny Maxted. And I, and I think Maxted on paper really came with more pedigree. He was the starting keeper at Exeter, you know, um, playoff team, a um, bit more, just a bit more experience in, in a better side. And he was on a two-year deal for whatever reason. Roberts wasn't rated at Walsall. They called him Poppet on wrists and, and, and said he had <laughs> crangers and stuff like this. And and then, you know, I think I, I personally think Maxib was brought in as the one with an eye on, but let's let them battle out after preseason. Roberts was the favourite. And then the first opportunity Maxib got was in the Carabao Cup against um, Wimbledon and he muffed one down his throat in the 90th minute and we and we went out and, and Roberts never really looked back. He, he performed really well at the beginning of the season and, and keepers almost, I think, more than any other position are, are confidence creatures. And once he had the back end of the whole crowd behind him and he believed he was you know the the number one and, and doing well and no one was moaning at him he ne- he just never looked back and he looked amazing and I don't um begrudge him his move at all but you know if if that was where we were last summer for all we know like Max Stegg could turn into prime Buffon next season and and <laughs> uh it could be Burge that that looks rubbish so who knows really I just think like uh, with with the chatter around it and and the money involved and and the pedigree, it's a bit of a coup. So I'm I'm yeah. quite happy with that one. Yeah, and you mentioned Poppadom wrist or whatever he's <laughs> called. Um, I noticed that Di Cornell, aka Angel Delight Fingers, has got a new, very good new move to Preston North End. I think I just don't know how that guy gets these moves, but you know, they're obviously a fan of Angel Delight up there. <laughs> um, I just quickly read out a couple of um couple of reviews i think uh yeah roker report treated you brendan mm. saying um Virgil will be a steady keeper for league two prone to mistakes like all efl goalkeepers but he's solid enough when he was at commentary he made the team of the season in your league so he can't see any reason why he wouldn't do just fine and we've had a lot of Sunderland fan tweeting us with similar things that he's got a lot of good attributes and maybe 
little bit of level below his his capabilities so that one um seems like a very good signing on paper let's move on to the next sign in uh yeah ben fox james we've got a little segment on him with crimson fan a bit later on but he just seems from speaking to the grimsby end actually a very good defensive player um very energetic and you know can go box to box he seems probably the sort of player we've been looking for um james yeah, I mean, I have to be honest, when we signed him, I thought, well, that's a replacement for Sean McWilliams. So yeah. I was pleasantly surprised yeah. to see Sean stay on as well. And that means we've got some serious competition for those, I'm assuming, uh, two positions in central midfield between McWilliams, Fox and Sowerby. You know, I'm not going to profess to know a huge amount about Fox from what I can see or from what I've heard. He had a bit of a stop-start kind of start to the season uh, yeah. and then had an injury, but then came back, you know, uh, in really good form towards the end of the season and by all accounts was the standout player in, in the playoff campaign and especially in the final where I think he got the man of the match. So yeah. there's clearly a good player there. We've kind of, you know, um, managed to offer a better deal than, than Grimsby and that that's how we've got the man. Uh, I think yeah. we definitely needed some reinforcements in central midfield. I thought we looked particularly weak there when when either kind of McWilliams or Sowerby were missing. So we did need another body in there. Yeah. We've obviously got, you know, Peter Abimbolo who's the youth player as well, who yeah. we, we may Good see player. come on a little bit more. You know, I'm not expecting him to be um you know, he's very much going to be fourth choice, but, you know, it, it'll be good, you know, if he's got three good solid pros in front of him to, to learn from. So, yeah, on the face of it, looks a, a great signing and uh, plenty of energy from, you know, box to box, which I think is is what you would kind of describe a John Brady player as, someone with a lot of energy, going to be, you know, running all game, 100% yeah. effort minimum. Yeah, That's what the kind of model seems to be. That's where our recruitment angle seems to be to kind of really target, you know, hardworking pros who'll, who'll, who'll run through a brick wall for you and, and are very professional and really contribute mm-hmm. as well to, to a team spirit. So I'm sure he'll have a lot of those attributes, which is why we signed him. Yeah, I think it's a good point about, maybe actually there'd been a little bit of competition for Sean McWilliams because when I, he signed, I just assumed he would be more of an attacking midfielder, you know, maybe more of a Ryan Watson sort of type, maybe someone like that. But he just, from the description that I've heard, he sounds to be a, a, a bit like, um, he was likened a bit to Angolo Kante, and uh, you know, obviously the League Two version. So that would be really interesting. And of course, without tempting any fate just because Sean McWilliams has signed a contract doesn't mean he's always going to be an Northampton player he might just put us in a better position if a bid comes in but yeah he just seems like a, a really good player that Cobblers fans will definitely take to um, Brendan Danny Hilton one of these <laughs> no-brainer signings I think when they become available with the experience they're not going to set the world alight in terms of their agility and probably you know um, running all day long but there's that now so I guess Brendan is always useful yeah, and and he's actually said it himself in the interview I read in the Cron. He, he, he there was rumours he was going to come in January, and he said to it, he was like, I was looking at it then. Um, I think it's well documented now as well. Ian Ellis and Brackley, so we're still kind of his local club. So in all of these signings, in and out, I think, and in League Two, it's always important to remember like this is a job at the end of the day, and you know I'm not going to commute to Gateshead every day to do my job. So there's a location plays a, a big part in all of this. So Luton to Northampton 
it's a, a still an ambitious project for him but in the maybe the twilight era of his career I think it yeah. benefits everybody he still gets to you know compete at a decent level and and be ambitious and we get a very seasoned professional who knows his way around the game will no doubt be uh, someone that the younger strikers maybe coming through the academy the the likes of Michael Nguar and um, even Louis Apare can can learn a little bit off him. I quite like he, you know, we've we've had Charlie Good and even Danny Rose last season with that kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, shit house attitude. You know, they they like to wind yeah. teams up and they're they're prone to booking themselves, but we'll get other teams booked and and, and maybe diving in when they shouldn't. And Danny Hilton definitely fits that mould, and we didn't really have anyone like that. So they're always entertaining. He'll definitely get bums off seats, as they say. Um, he scored some amazing goals for Luton. His his highlight reel looks ridiculous, but then he does have a bit of a mad red card or um, a, a crazy moment in him. I think my, the favourite one I saw somehow I never was aware of it at the time, but somebody sent it to me. Uh, it was him throwing. I think it's like a, a, a like a seeing a, a seeing eye stick, like you know, like the sticks that blind people walk with. There was what? one that kind of fell on the onto the pitch, and he picked it up and threw it into the crowd or something. <laughs> and yeah, and then got sent off for it. it. It's it's amazing. So he's got a moment. It's not of something out of Alan Partridge's script, to be fair, Brendan. He sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's got a moment of madness in him. Um, but you know, he, he should be entertaining either way. Um, let's, yeah. let's put it that way. Yeah, my only slight concern with would be maybe his age, and I'm not sure about his fitness record. Um, maybe a propensity to lump it forward to him when all you know when you're running out of ideas, but. Like I said, to start with, a no-brainer signing when he becomes available and there'll probably be other clubs after him as well. So you've got to take those sort of players while you can and he'll he'll be um, good in terms of teaching for um, young Apare. It has real vibes of that kind of... When we brought back Mark Richards, doesn't it, for me? Mm. Um, you know what you're getting with him, but he's kind of a bit older, a bit wise. I mean, he's one player who we seem to have been linked with more than Malcolm Christie over the years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it's good to finally get him in. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a great signing. But, you, you know, we, we know what we're going to get for him. But the, the question is almost kind of going to be the same as, as last season. Are we going to get the service to him? And I think yeah. that's the thing that probably needs addressing next. Um, yeah. Getting yeah, that creative player. We know, we know we're going to get service from Mitch Pinnock on, on whichever kind of flank he plays on I hope he's not being kind of earmarked for a for a kind of CAM role I feel he's a bit lost there I think he's better out on the wings we know we're going to get good service from out wide yeah it's just whether we can get kind of a a kind of center attacking midfielder or whether Hilton's going to play that role um and kind of be creative for a period it's going to be interesting to see how we kind of fit him into the team yeah yeah that's a good point um let's move on to I guess the final newcomer Ryan Haynes, I'll go back to you on this, Brendan, actually, because we talked to, about him just in dispatches because he's a Northamptonshire lad. Mm. Sort of play, you know, it, it would kind of make sense for him to eventually end up here. And it happened quicker than we thought. Signed from Newport. Now, my um, my other half taught Ryan Haynes at a school in Daventry. And uh, I've been speaking to her about him and stuff. And she said, oh, you, you know, she knows, she knows his uncle. We could perhaps um, put a word in. Uh, and, and she also taught um, Mungo Bridge, who plays for Aston Villa and he's been yeah. released, who could be another one we should be looking at. He's a very good player. So, um, yeah, we're going to take 10% of all the wages um, coming in. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, Brendan, you've been quite impressed with him for a little while anyway, haven't you? Yeah, I think, like, like I just said, location plays an important part in, in everything this, this far down the EFL. And, and I, whenever there's a player 
who's got roots in the county or born here or trained here or whatever, I think all Northampton fans, not just myself, we always tend to kind of keep an eye on them and see what they're up to, see whether they're worth bringing back. Um, and again, he said that in his interview when he came in, that it's great for He kind of gets the stature of the club locally and and it's a proud moment for him and his family to kind of come back. And they're the, they're the few players that we can attract maybe over others because they do have roots locally. So, um, I think, you know, he would have had offers elsewhere again, um, but we've been able to pull him in with that link. It, it seemed like maybe an odd one just because of how amazing Koike was last season. But then, you know, he may not always be around. We have yeah. literally zero depth at fullback. Um, yeah. I don't think as as much as I, th- I felt there were other positions we needed to to strengthen more urgently. There's absolutely no problem having two quality left backs going for the share. Um and I think they they offer something a little bit different as well. Um, Koike is very much um, on the floor, loves a dribble. I think he's the best dribbler we've got in the squad. Um, and Ryan Haynes is a little bit more maybe in that Joey Mills mould, like when we thought what the Joey Mills we thought we were getting in League One, like happy to put a ball in and um, and we'll get up and down. So yeah, I think he's a, a, another pretty good signing for this for this level. And I. He definitely would would be um, already endeared to the Northampton fans with a goal he scored um, w- one of his last games for Newport. Actually, when he made sure that we were staying in there, he, he nearly put us into the automatic playoff um, spots himself with with his goal for Newport. So um, yeah, definitely one yeah. to watch out for. I think the the battle for for left back between him and Koike will be really interesting. Yeah, another sensible signing, like you say, is it, it sounds a bit silly, but with the cost of living and the petrol prices, I don't think players are really particularly want to be driving up and down the no. motorway <laughs> all yeah. day every day. It sounds really silly, but you know they're not they're not on massive money, so that might have uh, had a small impact. Um, okay, so we're lucky enough to be joined by Charlie Cross of Grimsby Town Fanzine Cod Almighty. It's a really good name of a fanzine uh, to talk to us about Cobbler's recent addition. Ben Fox from the Mariners. How are you doing, Charlie? You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. Uh, I recently just finished my A-level, so I've got my, my long somewhere ahead. I'm going to Tenerife soon enough with my friends, so that'll be good. Oh, nice one. You can forget about the uh, Mariners for a little bit. And just enjoy yeah, it. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you've, to be fair, you've had a very good season, so it's not something you need to forget. But um, No, I'm bragging, if anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said before we we spoke, I'm still... Um, still Called, called by the uh, playoff defeat in about 1998 at Wembley, but you're too young to remember that, so we'll let you off. Um, yeah, t- obviously, we signed Ben Fox, and <laughs> he's been, I won't say heralded by Northampton, but he's been bigged up a little bit as a, a player that's going the right way, a, a progressive player, and obviously did well for you last season. Um, for Cobblers fans that don't know much about Ben Fox, how would you describe him as a player? Uh, everywhere really. Uh, it's it's tricky because in the early games, I think it took him a while to settle at Grimsby, uh, which was a shame. But after that, he I'd, I'd probably describe him as a box to box or uh, ball winning midfielder. He always seems to pop up with the ball and break down play, and I think yeah. that's just that that kind of uh, during the playoffs they started calling him Angolo Fox, which I thought was a bit high praise, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He, he, but it was true. He just didn't stop running. He played uh, all. We played three games of extra time, 120 minutes, and uh, he played all of the minutes in that in those games. So uh, perhaps deserved at the end of the day. Yeah, that is that's high praise indeed. So a player that 
not only can create a little bit, but he, he can, you know, he's very hard working off the ball, I guess. Yeah, definitely. He always puts 100% in and, and he he does move forward himself. He, I think what I like about him the most is he does go uh, forwards with the ball, but he doesn't leave himself out of position to, to whereby you can be counter-attacked. He, he's, he's a bit conservative, um, but but at the same time does create. And he, for me, he's just got everything. You know, he's if you play football manager, he's got... Uh, he's that player where he's got like like elevens and twelves and everything, and you look at him and you go, yeah, he's just solid. And yeah, and and, and can he chip in with the odd goal too? Has he got that ability? Yeah, no, uh, I think it was a game against Eastleigh that I watched him play uh, at our place, and um, he scored a, a lovely goal just outside the box. He's not afraid to shoot, but um, yeah, not a scorer of many, but uh, not a scorer of a great many goals, but great goals, I think is the saying. Yeah, so. You know, if we've got capable forwards, maybe the sort of player that will get the ball to them in a sort of effective way, would you say? Uh, yeah, I think you, you probably, you. I think Northampton have probably got far more creative players than perhaps Fox, but he's he's a brilliant addition to defensively. And I think, yep. yeah, I think I think that's definitely how I'd describe him more. He, he's, he's, yeah, just in the kind of middle of the pitch, just up and down, breaking up play, yeah, playing playing the simple pass to a fullback, and then letting the chance evolve. Mm. And tell me a little bit about what you know of his his schooling in, in football and where he came from. Didn't you say he came via Burton Albion? Yeah, he, he before he came to us, he'd been at in a League One club, so it was a big surprise when he came to the National League. He'd been at Burton Albion for a while through their academy, and then he played a couple of games in League One before getting a horrible knee injury. Which I think kind of brought him down to us, and um, so he wanted to use kind of Grimsby. I think what, what I see it as is a stepping stone. He's definitely done that. He's definitely shown his quality while at Grimsby. And he's, he's, I'd say, he's, he's a League One, League One midfielder now. I think you know, he's uh, just the way he plays, and and definitely towards the end of the season, because uh, as I said, he, he struggled to get going at the start, but then he, he again, he again got a little injury, but then came back after it and he looked really, really strong. And then he played every game after coming back from that injury and he looked really settled in and, and strong. So I, I definitely think he's got quality and I definitely think he's a brilliant addition to to get. I saw, uh, he, well, he's 24, so he's a pretty good age if we're looking to try and kick him on a bit, maybe between the ages of 24, 25, 26, 20, like forwards from that, a good age for signing. Um, I think it was 35 appearances as you... Won promotion to League Two, and um, didn't he win Man of the Match in the pr- uh, promotion final? Yes, he did. He did win Man of the Match because, as I say, he, he ran the whole 120 and didn't give up, and just, just, just the passion that he showed throughout the whole game, he deserved it. Despite you know goal scorers and probably people that showed a little bit more quality, he just, he just kept, kept going, and it's that passion that, that the fans love and that you'll definitely see from him because he, he always gives 110, which is, which is excellent. And that's what. Well, fans of most club like, isn't it? Especially Northampton yeah. fans, we like a player that's gonna play for the shirt and all that nonsense. Um, yeah. <laughs> what was the reaction with the Grimsby fans then? Was it expected for him to leave, or you know, obviously a bit sad to see him go? Uh, for me, I just wish him all the best. There was a little bit of uh, some people weren't too happy. I think because a lot of our players have re-signed and and kept it going. I think uh, some yeah. people were a bit upset to see him go. We kind of saw it as a betrayal, but I just think. You know, at the end of the day, as I said to you, I think I think he wanted to use us as a stepping stone in that way. I think he knows his quality, and yeah. um, you probably, you know, you probably offered him double what we ever could. So, uh, at the end of the day, it's his job, and 
he probably location also played a big deal. He, he he's coming from that area of Northampton wise and. And also, uh, it's quite funny because we've just lost Fraser Horsfall to Stockport in a similar way. Free transfer, higher wages probably. Not that we know. So we, that's just football, isn't it? You, yeah, you, yeah. You, know, you lose some players, you keep some players, and ultimately you want players that are going to want to play for you, don't you? So if he wants exactly, to yeah, yeah. Us, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? Um, how do you see Groomsby season going this season? Because obviously you're a newly promoted side. I can't remember when you were taken over by the, the the new owners, but they seem like pretty progressive guys. Um, are you looking for, you know, something like mid-table pushing for the playoffs, or what are you looking for? Well, as high as we can get, really. The I think I've always said it that the the jump from the national league, if you're a good side anyway, uh, to League Two isn't that large. You know, of course, towards the top of the League Two, there's some really good teams coming down from League One that perhaps will be better than us. But I think yeah. if we if we can retain a lot of the players, uh, and I thought if we could have retained Fox. Uh, and the core of the squad it, it's annoying to lose Fox because yeah without him I, I think I, I can see us struggling to push on uh, hard but if we if we had have kept him and, uh, uh, and a couple of other players that we're still waiting on do sign deals I think uh, we, we'll be I'd like to think we'd be up there anyway you know we, we've got a really strong core and if, if everyone can play how I know they can and how I saw them play towards the towards the back end of that season you know we had a really rough bit in the middle that we won't talk about but towards the back end of that season I think we were we were excellent. I think we could definitely be up there. I think it will be a, a shock to see us down there this season. Oh, that's fair enough. And it's you know it's good to see that the enthusiasm, enthusiasm and stuff. And it's sometimes when you're been in the national league, it, especially as oh, a, it's a horrible a, league. Yeah, <laughs> a club with a proud football league history like yourselves. It's just um, yeah, it's good to see a bit of uh, momentum. Obviously, we don't want you to usurp us at any point. So hopefully, you play like um, drains when you play us. But um, <laughs> yeah. tell me a little bit about. Yeah, tell me a little bit about your owners. I alluded to them earlier. Um, often I can't remember the guy's name, but I see him on on Twitter, and he just seems like a progressive guy in terms of how he deals with the fans and stuff. Are you, are you, are yeah, you a yeah. fan of the ownership? Is it Jason Stockwood you're talking about? Yes, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. yeah he's, he's, I've met him uh, once or twice, I believe, and uh, as you say, he's just a really humble guy. He's really down to earth, and he he just he's brought he's brought um, Grimsby back to the fans, which was the main thing, and it's it's the thing that's that's made the club such a positive atmosphere you know before we were an under an owner who was questionable and and some of the actions and decisions he made probably weren't at the the best interest of the fans but um with the new owners i think it's 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 definitely gone in a completely different direction and uh, the fans are definitely at the heart of everything they do and uh they're just and i think you know the decisions that they make they always think about the fans and i think he even tweeted about from Vox and he said thank you to his so it just shows how how you know day-to-day running they are with the club and I think that's excellent and they yeah for only being here a year or so it's brilliant that connection between the the fans and the community and the club is all important especially at EFL level where we need to you know bring in every fan we can really and really engage with people I think that's really good and he's built a fan zone there hasn't he and stuff at, at the ground yeah, yeah, the fans are brilliant. Uh, I've only I've only had the uh, chance to go one or twice, but when I have gone, it's 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 fantastic. But yeah, so, yeah, and that can, like that a, is, yeah, he seems like a good guy, and he's he yeah. seems to be a sort of chairman that's involved in the bigger things in football as well. He's looking at the way football's run and you know the the way that money flows through and stuff. So it just seems like quite a fairly sort of thoughtful guy. So that's um that's good to see. Um, we'll wrap up now. It's really good to talk to you about um Ben Fox. But before you go, just tell me a little bit about Cod Almighty. We're obviously come from our fanzine which started in 
88 way back in the day um Colonel mm-hmm. Mighty's maybe not been going that long but um it's going for a, a, lo- a long time and pretty well established now isn't it yeah we recently in April just had our 20th anniversary and uh and you know it's been going for longer than I've been alive which is crazy to think but um <laughs> thanks again for uh, talking to me and um we'll uh, catch up again soon thanks a lot okay thank you very much my friend I'll see you later Right then, let's talk to someone of a Stockport County persuasion on the transfer of Fraser Horsfall. It's good to have Ross Johnson of the excellent county podcast, The Scarf Bagara War, with us. How are you feeling, Ross? Must be pretty pleased with the Horsfall acquisition, despite our irritation this end. Yeah, yeah, pretty pleased. I mean, you, I'm sure you'll tell me all about him because we we don't know that much about him, being having been in non-league for 11 years in the, in the wilderness. So looking yeah. forward to hearing more about him. But yeah, we're pleased with how it's all going, to be honest. It's funny, that sort of maybe links into Horsfall's roots, because I'm pretty sure we signed him from Macclesfield. I remember at the time, I was speaking to a couple of guys, and there's another guy in Macclesfield, and, and someone told me, oh, well, you signed the wrong guy. You signed the, the you should have signed the other guy, when Horsfall's not that good. But it just turned out that he's, he just come on leaps and bounds, especially last season under John Brady. He wasn't so good under Keith Cole. Um, but yeah, he, his goal scoring record speaks for itself. And, as we all know, um, football's a stats game. So if you score that many goals in a season and you contribute to a you know, pretty conservative defence in terms of learning goals, you're going you're gonna to be uh, attract some interest. And I guess the irritation from the Northampton's perspective and, and your gain is that we've lost Horsfall to a team in our division. We expected him maybe to go to a League One club or even, you know, you know, someone like Wrexham from from below, you know, how it, things work now. So um, mm. it was, was do you, it must be considered a little bit of a coup. Not not because of Northampton's, you know, nothing to do with Northampton's status, but he's clearly a good player and our captain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um it's funny because we've signed other captains from other clubs um higher up in the league. So he fits into that mould. And Challoner did say, um, Dave Challoner, our manager, said that he can he can play on the floor quite well, and he's he's got the potential to be minimum championship player, and that's what they're looking for. So captain can play it on the floor like we like to, and then um, you know minimum championship player. It's interesting you just said about Wrexham there. So what people might not know, you know, um, what Northampton fans might not know is um, we've got massive investment ourselves. So us and Wrexham yeah. went toe to toe at the end, you know, last season. They've got their Hollywood owners. We've got a local businessman that we we believe is in the re- you know, worth in the region of seven hundred million. Um and he's just written off seven point seven million's worth of um debt into equity into the club. So yeah. Um yeah, so I'm I'm not surprised Horsefall has come here and not gone to somewhere like Wrexham. Um you guys seem to be surprised he's not gone higher up. So we it does say on our report, you know, on the, on the article that, that that comes out from the club that we fought off, um, you know, uh, challenges from higher, you know, clubs higher yeah. up divisions. So yeah, believe. really, really pleased. Yeah, the I don't want to sort of temper your enthusiasm at all. Um, the, <laughs> the, the comment about playing on the floor mm. was quite interesting because. We were quite a direct side last season. We we do play you know, the odd bit on the floor, and uh, it just felt to me that the Horsfall's attributes were mainly, you know, from set pieces, pretty strong in defence. So I wouldn't say he was a particularly cultured player, but I don't know if that was a a slight dig at Cobbler's playing style or Brady in that we see him as a player, or sorry, Stockport see him as a player that can play on the floor and probably hasn't had the chance so much under Brady. Maybe a little dig, but to say 
you know, he's potentially a championship player on the floor. That's a that's a big step up. And we um we sold Charlie Good to to um, Brentford. We've got a bit of a habit of sort of passing these defenders on, and it, you know, he, one of his critiques is maybe that he wasn't as good on the floor as as they expected. So I'd be interested to see how he does on that level, and maybe he'll be playing a little bit differently. Stockport, but yeah, from my from my perspective, that wouldn't be a, a massive attribute of his. But you know, Dave wasn't Dave Challenger a defender himself? Was he? Was that right? Yeah, yeah, he was centre half for Tranmere, and he, he had the longest throw at the time, if you remember. Will you know? Will Will Guinness record longest throw? Yeah, he was a defender. I think yeah. I think I think it's levels though. Don't forget, we come from national league. Yeah, it's very. I mean, talk about direct. We've got a, we've got a, a defender at the moment just signed a new contract, Ashley Palmer. Um, he, he can head anything back. We've got a song that says, if you throw a brick at him, he'll head it back. You know, so where I'm getting with this is it, there, are, there are levels. Yeah. Horsefall might be a better ball player than what we've currently got. And it's a step up for us. Whereas you, having been in League Two, you've seen what it is like at the top end of League Two. You might be yeah. thinking, well, he's not that good. But yeah. for us, he's the next step up for us. And that's that's all we're looking for is have getting in better players than we've currently got in certain areas, you know, certain attributes. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that championship is obviously a big, big jump and maybe an exaggeration from Challoner there. If you are really looking to be as upwardly mobile as I've heard, that if League One teams are looking at him, that he can be a player that can take you on that little bit of a journey. Maybe he's not going to take you all the way to the championship as yeah. you might as you reckons. But he, yeah, he's a bit of a no-brainer signing if he's avail- available. And the sort of... I'm not saying like a, a marquee signing because, he's you know, he's no... He's no sort of Premier League player, but the transfer has made waves. I reckon he would be the sort of player that Wrexham would have been looking at, you know, because mm. of that goal. You need you you need to have players that are going to change games, aren't you? Because you're not exactly um, used to league football, um, not for a few years. So you, you're going to need a few a few game changes. And if you've got, got a, one at the back there, that's going to help you, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean, there's, there's a couple of things to pick up on there from what you just said. So National League, at the top of National League, the teams up there are widely, it's widely understood that they're just as good, if not better than the, or the bottom half of League Two. So, mm. so that, that, I mean, I've, I've spoken to, you know, podcasters from the National League of which there aren't that many, to be fair. So make sure you don't go down. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, but they, they've always said, you know, you, you know, and you speak to some of the, the, the professionals for, for non-league podcasts and the BT Sport guys, they say, well, it's just, you know, the top of the National League is, is as good as, as, as League Two. That's one thing to say. The other thing to say is, we, don't forget, we've signed players from League One. We've got Paddy Madden, who is, who is League One's, is, is, well, he's almost League One's record scorer. We've got, we've got Anthony Sarsavic, um, who was Bolton's captain when we, you know, when we mm. signed him. So he's not coming into a team that haven't got, football league experience he's coming into a team that a lot of them have and you know he's going to be a captain amongst captains yeah and he probably he probably won't be the captain because we've got paddy madden for that um so i think he'll be i think it'll be, what what we'll give him is probably a good a good sort of group of players to, for him to excel and the and the challenge comment that he made about becoming a championship player it's a bit like i mean i'm probably some of your listeners play football manager if not yourself yeah um, and i know i do um you know when you're in that initial initial um, press conference when you just signed a player and yeah. you you have to say the right things so that the player doesn't storm out or whatever. I think there's a bit of that, <laughs> a bit of kidology 
that yeah, he can be a championship player. I don't think he's saying for one minute that he will get his guarantee to rise up with us. With us, although that's yeah. what we're looking to do. We're looking to get into the championship, um, and all the signs are there. You know, the spending and things that they are there. Um, yeah, it's. So. I, I guess it's just. I guess maybe because I'm sporting a club that's been in and around League Two for a while. It's it is quite a hard lead to escape, and it's, it's going to be ultra competitive next season. We thought we'd make some made some brilliant signings, and then you you see what Bradford are doing, what you you guys are doing. There just seems mm. to be so many clubs, even Crawley, God forbid, that are with this <laughs> NFC money. It's just um, it's just absolutely crackers. So yeah, I just think, especially with Horsfall, he is a good player, but. He's not. I think someone put on our Twitter. Stop or think they signed Paolo Maldini. He's, uh, <laughs> he, he's he, he's a good player, but sometimes if you score nine, ten goals or something, you know that that puts an image in someone's head. Whereas you know most of the the, the player's going to come through his feet. So yeah, you know you you guys are level headed. You've been as we talked about earlier. You've you've seen everything pretty much in football, haven't you? So you're not going to be uh, getting carried away. Yeah, yeah. We've seen what is it? We've seen we've played in five divisions. Yeah. Um, if I've got that right, yeah, I think five five divisions. I always once you start going down, you lose track of what how many divisions other teams are above you. But yeah, yeah, we've seen it all. And look, I, I think that I don't I don't know where people are getting their information from. I you know I I do this podcast. I, I know I tend to know a lot of the players and things from listening to other podcasts and talking to them. Yeah, I've not really heard a horse fall before we'd signed him. I'll be honest with you because I didn't really pay attention to the football league because yep. you pay attention to the league you're in. So. I don't really know where people are getting this, you know, getting this excitement from. To me, yeah, we've signed a defender. It's great that he was your captain. That's that's a positive. We've got him on a free. That's a positive. I think we're probably paying extra wages for that. But I don't think it's anywhere near five grand a week that some people are saying, you know, I talk to people close to the club, journalists close to the club, and they're just like, no, that's not the case. Yeah. You know, it's just there's so much talk these days with especially with social media. Yeah. So much. So one of our one of our fans, just for a joke, put he's on um ten grand a week. <laughs> and then one of your fans just thought, oh, hang on a second, he's not on ten grand a week. And the other the guy was only joking, and all this just gets blown out of proportion, doesn't it? A lot of the stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. Um I, I guess you can sort of put a bit of context on stuff in that um some Northampton fans said it was a sideways move to Stockport uh, or you know even a backwards move because I think a lot of our younger fans probably don't remember your your history going back to you know the 2000s um you know do you think that's a, a little bit harsh saying it's a, a sideways move you, you do seem pretty upwardly mobile with a pretty forward-thinking chairman and obviously uh, you're in the you know cha- equivalent of the championship not so long ago in league cup semi-final do you know what I mean yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean, but I think it's a sign of the times that if you if you drop off FIFA, you know the the the, the, the game, yeah. then you're 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 out of people's um, you're out of people off people's radar. It's happened locally as well. As soon as you drop down to non-league to national league, which I found yeah. abhorrent at the time, by the way, um, that you drop off all the media outlets. Sky Sports News don't want to know all. You know mm. your, your local TV doesn't want to know all these things. So it's not surprising that these kids think it's a sideways or or backward move. Um, mm. I mean, just to put it into context, even in National League North, which is regional semi-professional football, uh, we were still getting you know two and a half, three and a three, three and a half thousand fans through the gate, um, and that's only gone up. And we've just cleared five thousand five hundred season tickets for this season. So. 
Um, that a lot of that is because there's a buzz. Don't get me wrong, but if we came back organically without the investment, I still think we'd get probably three thousand season tickets sold. So we're not a small club. No, um, not at all. When didn't um, you get? Um, didn't you get average of te- seven thousand last season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The average was just over seven thousand last season. Yeah. So our average is five thousand three hundred. So. It puts that in a little bit of context. I don't like getting into the size of the club rubbish like that. Mm. Because just it's all completely abstract, isn't it? You know, it just it's how important your club is in your heart to yourself, isn't it? But yeah. I think it's worthwhile saying that you know the, 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 he hasn't signed for some um, absolute unknown unknown club with um, without a clue. And I guess that before we wrap up, just quickly tell us a little bit about your your chairman and what his plans are there, because like you said, he's, he seems to be worth a, a fair bit of money, and he's just converted. I think it's over seven million debt into equity. It does, yeah. with that old cliche, seem like a supporter of the club. I don't know. Um, yes, he is. He's 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 Stockport born. He's um, he used to sell advertising space for the local paper when he was, you know, just just started working. Self-made, multi multi millionaire. Um, so his his plans are. We don't know what his exit plan is, which is having been on a on on the on the trust board before. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the first question you ask a new owner. Yeah. Um, we don't know what that is, but he says it, his his intentions are philanthropy, if I've got that right. So yep. what he wants to do, he wants to have a training hub in the borough, which is something we've never had. We've always yep. trained outside the borough. We're training at uh, somewhere called Carrington now that Man City used to have. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I know it. Yeah. Yeah, championship quality already, and um, yeah, he wants to get to the championship, and it, and he wants it to be a sustainable a sustainable model. So yeah, the near the near we you know, we talk on the podcast all the time. The nearest we can we can fathom that is sort of like the Brentford or the Swansea model. Yeah. Um, and if that happens, then you know we'll be really really pleased. He's already got plans in place to uh, ex, you know build up the ground. So we're staying at Edgeley Park. He wants to get that up to twenty two twenty five thousand uh, seater. Yeah. Um, renovations inside the ground have already done they're already done everything's cleaned up you know new facade it's all been done up new technology inside new big scoreboard so the thing what what he's doing and what he's done is he's put his money where his mouth is he's delivered on his promises and he's written all the debt all the debt off i mean yeah that's quite you know, we've, we, our, our club literally as a fact is carrying quite a lot of deck related to the company's uh, related to the owners of the yeah. uh, of the club, and that always makes you a little bit nervous. But when yeah. you're converting that amount to equity, it, it makes you a little. I know Stockport fans are never going to be, you know, naive. They're never just going to take uh, give anyone a free ride, and you're obviously going to be looking at everything he does really in in a reasonable way. But um, just gives you a little bit of um, peace of mind that those sort of yeah. moves going on. Yeah, I mean we we. We are like the, the the metaphorically the metaphoric sort of dog in the corner that's been abused all its life, as fan as a fan base because because yeah, we went no, from the championship all the way down and you you you've, you've had it yourself. So yeah. so the due diligence period for for Mark Stott the, the the chairman the due diligence period that for him to come in was two years. So he he, he took over in January 2020. Two years before that, that's when the negotiations started. So it's not mm-hmm. a quick. Or let's just go in and spend. It's all been meticulously planned out. So, yeah, um, that gives a little bit of context to it, anyway. Yeah, it should, yeah, it should, it should also give Northampton fans a little bit of comfort too. That um, you know, essentially, it's one of these moves that sometimes happen in football. We might have been offered a bit more money. Might have wanted to move a bit closer to home. He's a normal yeah. guy. It's football. These things happen. Um, let's wrap up now. I've been talking for a little bit. Um, how do you reckon 
Stockport will do this season. I had to do a little, you know, like a fancy, fancy sort of a, an imagined table for the end of the season. And yeah, initially I had you top three in my head, and then I thought football never goes straight forward. And you know, and we've seen clubs with money not necessarily hit hit the ground running first time. So I put you in the playoffs. Uh, do you agree with that, or would you reckon? Uh, yeah, no playoffs would be nice. Um, I know, I know the late the bookies' the latest odds are that we're, we're um, favourites to go up or favourites to be champions. But I'd be happy with. I'd, look, we're back in the football league. I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy that we're just back and we're we're not playing in the FA Trophy, yeah. um, and we don't have to qualify for the FA Cup either. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but yeah, um, that I'm really relaxed about it. I'd be happy. With, I'd be cock a hoot with with playoffs. If we go up automatically, brilliant. Even if we don't go up and we're just mid table and we're consolidating in the things, yeah, exactly. you know, I'd just be happy with that. That just, goes back to it goes back to everything you've been through as a football club. That yeah. it's quite nice actually things that we take for granted, like not qualifying for the FA Cup and you know not playing in the FA Trophy. These are things that you're really sort of savouring. It gives us hope, doesn't it, as Northampton fans? We we got this every year. Touchwood. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't want to get drawn into that um to that that drain you know circling the drain of 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 the bottom two spots, which a lot of clubs are because it's it's horrific down there. Don't yeah. don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we shouldn't. And it'll be interesting to see who we replace Horsell with. We've got a guy coming through the youth system called Max Dyche, who's actually Sean Dyche's son. Right. Beat Sean Dyche. Um, you know, not quite as built as big as him yet, but he's still got time to grow. But yeah, I'm hoping that instead of going for, you know, someone from the circuit or just trying to like get a like for like replacement, we we trust a little bit of our own homegrown talent, but um, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, thanks for taking the time to talk to me and, and good luck for the season. I'm looking forward to coming to Stockport. It's, it's, it's proper ground up there and it's got a bit of character about it still. Yeah, yeah. And, and the good thing is we're not going to a flat pack on, on, at, the edge of, at the edge of town. We're staying there and it's getting built up. So it'll just add. To, yeah, it's, 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 it's a great little ground. And we'll come to, uh, we'll come to six fields as well. So that's one I've never done before. So, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably the exactly what you said, and a flat back on the outside of town. But yeah, yeah, that wasn't a dig. That wasn't a dig. I was just saying, like you can buy our stadium <laughs> off us if you want. We've got a lot of money. You know what I mean, we'll sell it to you for about fifty quid. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to talk to you, mate. Anyway, and um, yeah, and have a good uh, chat with Brendan about uh, the other side of it. But thanks a lot. Well, cheers, Tom. Take it easy, mate. So let's speak to Edward Walker, EFL analyst and host of the D3, D4 podcast, which is always a great listen. He's going to talk to us about his general feelings about Northampton's business so far. How are you doing, Edward? You're OK, mate? Yeah, I'm quite happy. Um, we're just in that spell, and we? We were just talking just before we started recording about how it's a July start, obviously, for the leagues this year. It's only a week earlier than what it normally is, but it feels so much sooner because it's a July date rather than August one. It literally feels like it's going to happen next week. Exactly. It's very let's, strange. Let's caveat all of our discussions with every squad is pretty much incomplete so far. And Northampton's squad has still got maybe four or five additions still to make, so we can't be um, making any generalisations. But we can talk about the individual players that have come in uh, to an extent. Um, yeah, so Lee Burge, Sunderland goalie on a two-year deal. All of our guys on a two-year deal. He just seems to me like um, a sensible signing and some say a little bit of a coup to go to go down to League Two. Potentially, yeah. It, it's a bit of an interesting one with Lee Burge. I was, I was not. I kind of mixed things about him. I think with League One. I think initially when he signed to Sunderland, I think he was deemed to be the first choice or certainly a strong competition for the first choice. But there seemed to be quite a lot of error-prone games involved with him, and to the point where Sunderland ended up going with one of their own youngsters. Um, 
and I keep getting his name wrong, Anthony Patterson. I keep calling him Nathan Patterson. But yeah. I, Nathan Patterson, I think, is a fullback at Everton, so I can't. I don't want to get them mixed up. <laughs> but they've gone with Patterson. I think he's Sunderland's goalkeeper going forward. So I suppose Burge was always kind of out of the frame, always set to be moved on elsewhere. And potentially, it, I think he does have the potential certainly to be one of the stronger goalkeepers in the League Two. And as we've seen with other departures as well, it's a position Northampton need is placing at the moment. Yeah, and I always trust clubs like Sunderland, and maybe Sunderland fans will be like, you're having a laugh, that they're going to put a, quite a lot of effort into their acquisitions and they're not going to sign too many absolutely useless players. And especially if he was being looked at potentially for a starting berth, then you drop him down and not just almost like horse racing. When you drop a horse down in grade, suddenly they they find their their level, I guess. But you know, it just seems like for what was available, I should think just maybe a fairly reasonable signing. I'm not gonna like you said. Um, can't well, it, just... it kind of reminds me a little bit of Roberts, to be honest. I think when Roberts yeah. left Walsall, there was kind of that feeling of maybe it's not the best move on the areas areas in him. But then again, he had the season he had with Northampton just so exactly. perhaps Burge could copy that for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, Robbo has proven he's, he's putting all, all sorts of sense of form to one side, hasn't he? Because I think he was called Papa Damaris and all he was slated by the Walsall fans and stuff and putting a season of his life. And now, um, you know, potentially could be in a premiership player in a year or so's time. Um, yeah, so Burge, yeah. we'll see what happens with Burge, but I don't think anyone's worried about him signing. Let's put it that way. Um, ben Fox from Grimsby. Seems to me to be a really athletic sort of guy. His work rate is very high, but pretty much unproven to any extent in the EFL. One of my favourite signings in the lower leagues, generally. Yeah. Now, th- there is a bit of Burton bias in that, I'll be honest, because he's a product of the youth system. And yeah. I'm still gutted he's not a Burton player. Wow. I think part, part of the thing for Burton was that his ability had always kind of been known, but he had really bad fortune with a very long-term injury during the what season where we I think we were the 2021 season, which ruled him out for a really long period. And by the time he came back, there was a new manager at the helm and they deemed him surplus to requirements and moved him on. They made the move down to Grimsby last year to play in the National League. It's his third spell at a professional club where he's really got to show what he's about. And at Grimsby, he was one of the stars and one of the most consistent midfielders anywhere in the National League, really. The best qualities about him, really, is his engine now? It's quite easy to say about a player that his engine is. It's it's a bit of an over, it's a bit of a common cliche really to say the great thing about him is his engine, but that is a, a strong attribute in him. And generally, his his intelligence and his composure on the ball. He's someone who maybe sits a bit deeper if he plays in midfield. His engine means he can also operate in a right back role if needs be as well. But he'll generally sit in midfield, yeah. break up play, be very sensible with his passes. Won't try anything drastically too complex but it'll get that ball progressing forwards providing a bit of stable base to let other midfields be more expressive as well I really think this is a fantastic sign for Northampton Town well that sounds like um, high praise indeed and the Grimsby fan we spoke to in, echoed what you said in terms of his calmness for his age. He's still pretty young at 24, but he said he's yes. pretty composed and you sometimes think you, you don't know he's that young really. Would you echo that? Yeah, it, I, I don't know what, what what when does a young player not become young anymore? What is the age nowadays? Because yeah. I mean, you, you see people breaking to first teams at seventeen, eighteen now. True, By the time true, they're twenty one, they played over hundred games for certain clubs. But yeah, Fox Devils is a quite an example of that. But I, I'd still say, yeah, I suppose you could say twenty four certainly is a young player, and for either experience, yes, he's very limited. But he showed in the National League really that he is a football league quality player, playing for a side that was in National League at the time and bounced straight back up into the football league. And Grimsby fans are. I think there'll be a different team this year without him than they would be if they still had him. Yeah, yeah, 
So that sounds like a, a good signing and one couple of fans should take to Danny Hilton. I said it earlier to co co colleague um, Brendan that although he's he's getting on a little bit, I think he's 33, his experience and his um, you know high level ability to to some extent makes it almost a little bit of a no brainer signing if you can get hold of him. Yeah, it feels like potentially quite a good one, but I think it is worth remembering his age, certainly. I think Hilton, I didn't realise how long he'd actually been at Luton for. He'd had so much commitment to them. He'd, he'd been part of that team that had progressed out of League Two and up into the Championship and had contributed even to last season to the playoff finish as well. And I think his last two League Two seasons, he scored 21 goals in each of them. Now, we're talking a few years back there, so let's not get too carried away with that idea it's going to happen again. But I think... Striker for me probably was the position I felt least convinced by with Northampton Town last year. I grew quite a big fan of Louis Perry towards the end of the season, certainly around the time they confirmed that playoff spot and indeed during the playoffs itself. But Danny Hilton potentially adds that experience and that know-how at lower league level that could be really valuable to them this season. Mm, I I can't see Perry playing every game, to be honest with you. I can't see Hilton playing every game. But if you get a bit of a mixture between the two, can't really imagine them playing up front together. It seems a bit too similar to an extent in their attributes. But... Yeah, we definitely needed reinforcement and goals. Goals, no matter what people say about Northampton, when we've had the HMS piss the league thing, when we <laughs> sign these little, little everyone last when we talk about that, uh, that little uh, quartet of players, goals are still going to be a bit of a bit of a concern because we've lost Fraser Horsfall. We, we contributed so many goals for us, and it's just something. I'm not saying it's a, you know, a massive thing, but can you understand Northampton? It's something in the background. Where where are the goals going to come from? That's one thing for me. Yeah, for sure. And um, you touched on Horstall there and obviously his move across the league to Stockport County as well. It's it's a brilliant pickup for Stockport. Stockport, I I think we'll talk about League Two, but I, I think if you can, if you are considering them as the idea of a back-to-back promotion team, they could absolutely do that. That is a very strong financial club at the minute with a lot of ambition. They have ambitions of League One Championship and I think in the long term they could well realise that and this League Two term could be quite short for them as you've seen with a lot of their equipment which is Horstall and a number of really talented players out the National League as well. It'll be really good for them. But certainly for Northampton we know we know what the goals of Guthrie and Horstall brought last year. They were so vital but it's at the front end you want to see some more contribution. I think with Hilton yeah. potentially Perry's an alternative you get that with Pinnock and Hoskins providing yeah, yeah. Well, well, fingers crossed. It's just uh, something that's playing on, on my mind a little bit. We'll we'll see how it works out, of course. Um, yeah. So the last last but not least, uh, Ryan Haynes from Newport, a local lad actually, comes from Daventry in Northamptonshire. Um, went to Coventry as a youth player, I think. Do you know much about him? Left back. Yeah, I think he's a pretty consistent League Two player, really. I believe he was last season at Newport. He was a, a pretty consistent presence down the left-hand side. It's a bit interesting with Northampton because you've had Joseph Mills for a while now, who, after his time at Thoris Green, I really thought was going to kick on with Northampton Town. I don't think it's quite happened. I don't know, maybe his injuries perhaps play a little part in that in terms of his game time. And then he had Ali Koike, of course, last season, who was decent as well. I, I would probably put Haynes ahead of Koike, I think, in terms of ability of what he could be. He's a, a very consistent left-side option, someone who can provide a good bit of width out on the channel. Mm. Uh, I, I to me just seems to have a little bit of a higher level of ability I think some of our fans are putting two and two together to think that maybe Haynes might be a long term replacement for Koki if the so called Blackburn interest or whoever else we're interested mm. in comes to I was in Sunderland it was Sunderland but um, they're supposed to be showing some interest but he, as a local lad he's obviously you know, understands the context of the club in the in the county and stuff so that seems a a pretty good pretty good addition how would you sum up Northampton's business so far would you think it's pr- pretty solid we've obviously lost a couple Liam Roberts and and um 
Fraser Horsfall, Sean McWilliams has signed a new contract. Seems maybe, without putting words in your mouth, seems maybe a bit stronger than previous seasons, I would say. Maybe going no, I think I think it's going well, yeah. All, all four feel to me to be either replacing what's departed or strengthening what's currently there, certainly. I think certainly in case of Burge replacing Roberts seems a good one. I think I I really do think Ben Fox could be an excellent addition. Although I will I will shout about Ben Fox till the cows come home. So maybe I get a bit <laughs> carried away praising him. But I think Ryan Ains is a nice left back addition as well. And Danny Hilton, just a question of really what version of Hilton. If we're getting anywhere near the Hilton that was Luton Town in League Two or two years back, then Northampton are laughing all the way home. Really. Yeah, 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 yeah. We just got to keep him fit, touch William. For sure. Um. Yeah. So that's a fairly um, positive appraisal of the whole thing let's move on to before we finish your thoughts on league two still very early still got maybe a month before the season starts and it's hard to completely judge you know how teams are going to do but there are certain teams that have done pretty good business and it makes a quite enthralling season ahead doesn't it yeah i I'm started with this kind of pre-draft idea of this table because it's going to be in my head throughout this whole July just constantly thinking about it with all the signings and I grouped them into little sections rather than made a full table so I had promotion contenders I think I had a, a top half the playoff contenders section sort of bottom half contenders rest of the pack and then a relegation candidate section and in initial thoughts in my bottom in my top half to playoff contender section I put 11 teams wow <laughs> because yeah. I looked just my gut instinct thinking what could I think this lot could be it's I mean last season's promotion battle was exceptional I think this one could be even better my my initial feeling is that you could hypothetically be sat 13th or 14th but be within touching distance to the playoffs it feels so competitive to me at the moment yeah I did a similar thing trying to work out the positions for League 2 next season and my playoff positions were just getting bigger and bigger and just pushing down and down and then I had a, a couple of teams at the bottom who I probably got completely wrong but just seemed to me to be slightly weaker but yeah like you say there's you've got the teams coming up you've got a lot of teams strengthening pretty you know impressively and then you've even got Crawley there splashing the NFT cash it's just a crazy time yeah Crawley's a, going to be an interesting one really I think it's you, you see I think Wagme United just today talks about their ambitions and it's it's kind of a pipe dream, really, making the Premier League. I think every owner really has the dream of making the Premier League with the lower league side, but you not only need money to make the Premier League, you've got to be incredibly smart with that money. And yeah. you can only really tell if Crawley are going to do that in the very long term. Right now, you have to look at what they currently got. And I think the mid-table side, could they progress beyond that last year? Maybe. Dom Telford, of course, is a high-profile signing. It is worth remembering his golden boot season last year and not getting too carried away with it. It really depends on how Crawley make best use of him, but I think they've got the players to potentially do that. Crawley's, Crawley's a really funny one, really. There's there's a few of them. I think I quite like Barrow under Pete Wilde as well. I think that'd be a good kick-off for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just on paper, you sort of think of Barrow as, you know, relegation for essentially just because of where they've come from and you don't, you know, not massive, um, what's the word, uh, time, time tenure in the in the AFL. But, yeah, there's, there's, there's teams like that that can often do better than expected. Are, are there any teams that are sort of standing out with their recruitment? You've obviously mentioned Stockport. You know, Bradford yeah. seems to be doing some good business. Obviously, a big club at this level. I, I would, yeah, Bradford's certainly in there. There's, there's a lot of Paul Soto and Mark Hughes. They've had some interesting acquisitions. I think Richie Smallwood's a very good one, by the way, for a player mm. who's playing a high number of games in the Championship as well. Picked up Harry Chapman as well, who could certainly have stayed in League One, I think, certainly. A couple of those. Timmy Odyssey is a nice pickup from Hartlepool as well. Northampton, I would have to put up there. I think after the finish last year, and I feel like this team at the current moment is what it was, if not slightly better with the people who come in. So they'll be in the mix as well. Yeah. Uh, I like Tranmere. 
I've been quite bullish about them under Mickey Mellon with the sounds of what's potentially coming in there. You look at someone like Kane Hemmings and the impact he had since signing from Burton in January and potentially having just they need that key attacking midfielder, I think, just to link that midfield to the front line, then they could be really good force next year. Uh got there's so many to go with, really. Yeah. Man Steeled as well under cloth, obviously. After missing out through the playoff final last year, they'll be fancying it to go one better. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm not going to ask you for your um, league positions because obviously people will wait for your your podcast when it comes out. Is there any sort of um, ETA with your your prediction podcast? We haven't set a date. Um, it, I'm I'm hoping it. The, the the issue you get is that you, because transfers still happen. I want to yeah. try and get recording done to publishing as quickly as possible. So we're we're not left with, you know, we we finish recording the two episodes and then all of a sudden someone signs. Yeah. incredibly you know what I mean just yeah. that little bit I think it will be it will be some period in the week building up to that first opening weekend so probably the week before the 30th will be my plan for that certainly yeah and, and of course you want to leave it as late as possible really because things can change right at the last minute and they, as, as soon as you like you say as soon as you make some predictions you'll make a fraud of you because something will happen so yeah it's, it's fun time. it's kind of it's something I'd never look back on it like it, it doesn't stay in my head till May we don't we can't not sometimes I think we might try and come back to it May and just see what happens but in this month building up to it it's constantly on my mind at the moment and good, and good luck with your relegation because we we, we talked about it. it brings you a lot of grief when you say the relegation. <laughs> oh, I just don't know. I, I, I think I think if I can say one, I, I'm feeling Harrogate at the moment. Oh, it's, don't it's say one, that. Because if there any Harrogate fans, you'll be getting it on. Uh, it's, it's, no, it's just Harrogate. Last year, really were not trending in a good direction in the back end of the season. They were really, really poor form. They're not. Yeah. They haven't got quite what they had before as well. And it's it's an early bullish thing. I think there's others who feel the same, but I mean to be honest, it it could go anywhere at the moment. This is an incredibly open league for me. It's very difficult to pick relegation, exactly. playoffs, promotion, and hopefully we'll get. Hopefully we're going to get a clearer picture in the next month, but we won't. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'll still exactly. be as, I'll still be as close to the end of July as I am now. <laughs> yeah, but that's what that's what we like about League Two. It's quite unpredictable, and, and it's really sure. nice to hear that you're you're pretty. Uh, pretty buoyant about our chances and our recruitment that that gives us a little bit of confidence and we always appreciate you coming on it's always really good your um, knowledge of the EFL is brilliant and it just gives us a bit of context for all the other clubs and stuff so um thanks a lot and we'll speak again soon no doubt pleasure thank you James uh Sean McWilliams we were all worried I think really that we're gonna have these nice new signings and then McWilliams would go and god knows who else some other players that have left but the two-year deal for Sean McWilliams was just a real huge bonus, wasn't it, James? Yeah, great. You know, it's, it's nice to see someone actually stay. <laughs> it's been a while, <laughs> yeah. hasn't it? You know, when someone's been out of contract and we've offered them, they've actually decided to to stay. I think obviously helps that, you know, he's from round here um, and and that's obviously going to play a huge part. It's It's been good to see him kind of come on in the last year. You know, there are still aspects of his game that we know need improving. You know, I think he's only scored the one goal for us still. So I'm, I'm sure that's going to be something that he'll look at, you know, trying to improve his, his kind of attacking creative output. But we know exactly what we're getting from him. And if you want someone to break up the play and kind of shield that back four, then... Uh, you know he's 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 almost as good as, as you can kind of get in that role just in that specific role yeah. so a really good player to to have still with us uh, and like i say it, it means we've got genuine competition in that central midfield uh, position now so yeah really happy to see him stay i was expecting you know kind of all three roberts also and 
Williams to go, to be honest. So to keep yeah. one of them is, is is good. Yeah. And he's such a talisman now. He's grown into that role. He, he's always had that bite about him, but maybe not the, well, obviously not the maturity sometimes on the pitch where he gets those yellow cards, but he just seems to be the player that you can almost build, build the team around. And it just, it just means if a bid comes in now, the clubbers can say, no, we're going to wait out for however much we, we, we rate him at, rather than him just saying, well, I'm just going to go. And there was rumours of West Brom and stuff. Well, if West Brom are interested, let him let show us the money, as they say. So, yeah, it's just a, a massive bonus. And I think no one really was expecting it. So that's really good. Um, in contrast, we'll have to talk about the outs. There's always going to be some players outs. There's never going to be being cobblers, just a, a crystal stairway to uh, success. Um, so we lost Liam Roberts earlier on to Middlesbrough. Um, slightly galling for me in that he, um, I think we signed him, uh, you know, on a field. We paid compensation or whatever, and then Middlesbrough take him after absolutely really good season and don't really pay any compensation. But I guess that's the twisted economy of football um brendan you can't really begrudge liam roberts to move to middlesbrough can you no it's like i said earlier in the in the podcast like you know we we know what happened with the battle for for the keeper shirt last last year and and he he was amazing i think it there was points at the back end of the season where i was like oh could you just you know we're, we're there or thereabouts we don't need you performing every week now could you maybe drop a few Clangers, just so, you know, there's less interest here. He actually got to that point because he was a cheat code for, for large parts of the season and, and comfortably the best goalkeeper I've seen um, in the last five, ten years. But like going back to like, I don't know, Lee Harper for me, like that 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 far back, he, I thought he was quality. And um, we, I'm glad that we had him for the year that we did. Um, I, weirdly, I felt like he was the player, well, I felt McWilliams was the player that would be hardest to replace. Um, I know I've just said he's the best goalkeeper we've seen for a while, but a good enough goalkeeper shouldn't be too hard to find. Um, and we've we've had a conveyor belt of, of quality centre-backs come through, develop and leave over the last five, six years. Um, McWilliams was the one that, you know, how good he was in, in those playoff games and in the run-up to that. And when he's, he rarely ever has a bad game. And when he's on his game, he's normally one of the best players on the pitch. It just impossible to replace really at this level um so with Roberts going you know it, it, you can't really you can't really uh account for goalkeepers at this level so I'm just kind of you know I'm it's a shame it happened but it's the one out of them that I was probably the the least upset by it's the most understandable although I've just seen on Twitter that um Middlesbrough just signed Zach Steffen from City the the backup goalkeeper to Edison they had there so again he's got a battle on his hands for for the number one spot it, it, He's coming into it in the form of his life, so um, yeah. you know, I hope you just from a, a cobbler's point of view that he, he that he does it. It'd be lovely to see him uh, doing well in the championship and maybe even get promoted with Wilder. But you know, yeah, yeah he's just, it does look like he's gone to go on the bench, which might be a bit, which might hurt a little bit more. But you know, all power to him. Who who can begrudge anyone to move to a, a big championship club like like Middlesbrough? He's in. Just quite pleased to be there with the live interviews. He was like yeah. buzzing. He was like smiling. He was like, you can imagine going from no offence to Northampton's training facilities, but the, to the training facilities, essentially Premier League quality ones. It must be a bit of a thrill, really. So, fair play to him. No one's really holding it against him. Uh, although, moving on, James to um, Fraser Horsfall, some people do seem to be holding it against him a little bit that he's moved to Stockport on a three-year deal after his contract ran down at Northampton. Um, 
Dust has settled a little bit from in moving, James. What do you make of it? Are you are you okay with it, or do, does it um you know annoy you a little bit that the phrase was left for a, a fellow League Two club? It might have annoyed me when I was fifteen. It doesn't now, you know. <laughs> we're 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 adults. We we all we all like to earn money. Let's not lie about it. It's one of the good things about capitalism. You can earn money. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I. I've got no problem with it. You know, he's been given an unbelievable offer by a, a team that, from all accounts, sound like they're they're you know they're, they're going to be dishing the cash this year. Although I have to say, reading Twitter, I'm surprised he signed for Stockport and not Barcelona, given by how much <laughs> their 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 fans seem to kind of rate their own club. Um, <laughs> my word, that's a fan base that needs bringing down a peg or two. Um, <laughs> but you know, yeah, you can't blame it. You know, better better money. Closer to home, what player wouldn't go for that in League Two? You know, I think it's a bit of a different argument when you're in the Premier League and they're kind of all earning silly money. You can kind of go, well, you know, if what you know, what is a hundred thousand a week much different to kind of hundred and fifty thousand a week? If you're managing to spend hundred thousand a week, you know, fair play to you. I think it's a kind of different argument down here when you know it, they're not gonna they're not going to be able to retire on, on the money they get that from their career, et cetera. Uh, most mm-hmm. likely, you know, it, it is a different matter. So yeah, I, I was a bit surprised to see, you know, him stay in league two. I thought he could get a top end kind of league one mm. club, but at the end of the day, Stockport probably offered him the, the best deal and closer to home. Yeah. Why not? It's obviously sad to see him go, but as Brendan said, we've been very good at kind of finding, talent in that position and bring it on, uh, particularly under Brady. I mean, you, you do think back to Horsfall when he first started alongside Kian Bolger and the two mm. together looked an absolute calamity. Mm. And I thought, yeah. you know, who, who kind of thought at that time when we we're doing the podcast back then that, that we, you know, we'd be, so, we'd have been so disappointed to, to lose Fraser. But he <laughs> yeah, has come true. on leaps and bounds and that's a lot of credit to him and also a lot of credit to, to John Brady um, mm. for kind of developing him. So yeah, we got a good player out of it for, for you know, a year and a half. And it, it, it's more, it's more annoying that again, we've kind of lost a good player for free, but I guess mm. it's just the reality of league two. You know, I, I think you can look at MK Dons and, and they've sold a lot of players this summer for money, but we're not MK Dons. We don't have kind of that stadium, that infrastructure that kind of makes us, an attractive place to, to stay for a long time. We're very much just seen as kind of a place that we can be a good stepping stone for players. And I think that that's kind of mm. one of our strengths in League Two, but it's also kind of one of our weaknesses in in, in a sense. Yeah. We kind of can't seem to get past being just that stepping stone towards, you know, a, a higher level. You know, yeah. it, it's how do we kind of become that club that players think they can go on a journey up the Football League with us. Um, but... That's a, We've been saying that for about that's a whole different argument. And that's a whole different argument. And it's not something that's gonna get solved overnight. You know, that that's that's a don't, decades culture kind of thing. Don't you it? think though? I mean, I've started to look at it recently. Like obviously Scott Twine at, at MK has just gone to Burnley for like four million and then there's a lot of rumours flying around on how they're reinvesting that four million at MK, but MK had that mad march up the EFL. They went all the way to the championship and then came straight back down. And then they've been yo-yoing between League Two and League One and top end of League One and not really getting promoted. Uh, Peter have a relationship with the championship in League One like we do with League One and League Two. You know, top half 
always good in League One and then never stick around in the Championship for more than a season. We're, we're all doing the same things, just with at a different level. You know, that, that um, Peterborough and MK have got really good at signing players, developing them and selling them on. Just with where we are in the food chain, we tend to develop them, you know, short-term contracts because we can't afford um, uh, the risk anymore to uh, of a long-term deal on a player that might not work out. And they, and they end up leaving us for free. Like MK and Peterborough have managed to make some money out of it. But that money just goes on the next crop for them to stay in the same two leagues that they've been in. You know, yeah. it's, they're playing the same game we are, just at a, a slight step ahead. And it's if not we exact got lucky science, with... is it, at all. I think um, I was speaking no. to some crew and crew, um, I think it was Perry NG. I think he he just wound down his contract and he was a player that, you know, potentially they could have sold for quite a lot of money so it's, it's not an exact science in any of the le- these leagues but yeah I, I think losing two players that are very good for zilch is you know it's always going to be a bit of a pain you, in the you need two things to kind of break the monotony of it I think and that's uh, like a truly like I love Brady and I love what they're building at the club at the moment but you need like a truly revolutionary manager someone like Eddie Howe or someone that comes in at like 30 and everyone's like hang about I need to stick around and hang on to this yeah. guy's coattails or you need um an owner who's going to come in and bankroll it and, yeah. and support a big project, um, that whether they do that sustainably or not. And, you know, going to Stockport, I've just got off the Stockport podcast with them talking about horse school and, you know, going back to him, it's, I don't really begrudge him it because like we said, it's, it's, it's better deal and it's closer to home, but it's not like he's gone and joined Crawley where they've got no fans. The, the, the project is a, is a very, very ambitious one, one that you could, you know, take your hats off to them. But it's just someone, it's someone's plaything. It's bankrolling a, a project. Whereas Stockport, you know, they're some people's favourites to go up again. That's a big club. Just because they're in the non-league and they're a newly promoted side. Yeah. You know, if you if you go on match day revenue, they're as sizable, if not bigger than Northampton. So it's, I don't think it's... I think, that, I think you're right, Brendan. I think... I think you're right in that you're talking about the, this project. I think, speak, as I've spoken to the Stockport guy as well, that's what they've got there with that. The owner there who's very wealthy and obviously sees a bit of a medium-term project there. So that's what's going to see them forward, I, I would suggest. Um, we've got to wrap up in a little bit because we've been talking for a while. But um, just read out a couple of the readers' comments on losing Fraser Horsell. I can't read them all out, unfortunately, because there's loads. But I'll just read out a couple. Um, Adam Barbie treated us to say... Um, He's gutted and okay with it in equal me- measure. Um, gutted as he was brilliant at this level, but also feel we'll be fine without him. Uh, Max Dyche is ready to step up and we'll definitely find a very good centre-back at this level with the way our recruitment has been going of late. Um, Phil Garlic tweeted us to say, gives the option of a more versatile replacement such as Dominic Riven or Tyler Malouar, probably on loan if that's ever going to happen. Uh, Ian Wickens, Chunk Design, said one good season, one very poor season. Easy to forget that Bolger Horsefall partnership Guthrie was the secret behind his success and made all the difference. That and McGowan and Kiyoki as fullbacks. Out of the back four would rather lose Horsfall than any of the other three. So that's quite a, an upbeat one. And thanks to everyone else for all your comments. I can't read them all out, but there's quite a few there. Um, before we wrap up, let's um, sort of try and work out the, you know, the overall totality of the incomings and outcomings um i'll put it to you like brendan just one slight concern not a concern because it's very early on still i think it's about a month till the season starts um when you get a glut of signings all in one maybe four signings all in one it can sometimes give the impression and i've seen this uh hms piss the league thing everyone gets really excited (laughs) 
you know, it's really funny and everything. But then when you, it's four signings in one, it gives you maybe a false sense of security. And when I look at the rest of, and you tweeted this, um, Brendan, a couple of bits like right back and stuff. When you look at the rest of the squad, there is a little bit of a thinness still there. And you've got a 33-year-old up front who's been injured a little bit. Um, maybe the squad still needs some significant reinforcement. Yeah, and and, and uh, Brady and, and Coldwood have made no secret that they're still active in their recruitment do you know what i mean i think there was a really good tweet the other day from the that ntfc analytics account which if, yeah. if people don't follow it mine blows my mind that how little followers they have but um yeah, yeah and they and they highlighted the the percentage of minutes per player and in terms of you know the actual spine and who played all season we've only really lost two starters in terms yeah. of portal and roberts so once we replace horseful our first 11 is still pretty much intact and and that's why I think McWilliams is a brilliant signing to keep because he was in ever present last year that a lot of what we lost was the squad and the depth which is maybe what we lacked at times last year so but you can be consistently adding to that and and the one benefit I think of of League Two is there's no reason why like after the uh, transfer window slammed shut there's a lot of good players in free agency we saw it a couple of years ago when we signed Ricky Holmes that that didn't really work out but um, you can still pick up quality additions if needed. Um, and I, I still think we'll see another four or five players come in to add depth and push that first 11 for, for their shirt. Yeah, my, my only concern is I remember I looked at the bench at the end of last season and it was very almost paper thin. And sometimes I think if you spend a lot of money on people like Danny Hilton, um, maybe a Sean McWilliams contract, this Fox guy, that the maybe you can lose a bit of impetus and you start to make do with the players that come in and I've after that and I've seen you know the brilliant sleuths in the cobblers they should be um you know on tv like Poirot or something they've um they, they find these pictures and they work out who they are and who's trialing and stuff and some of the names I've seen trialing aren't filling me massively with confidence so it'll be interesting to see if we can keep the impetus going with the rest of the additions and and that quality pushing all the way through but obviously budget is going to have a massive effect on that and maybe we've um pushed our luck a little bit with the players we've got people like Hilton they must be on a fair whack um James you've almost said it already with um, the Leon Constantine rule that you're never going to count any chickens with the with the um additions but just sort of take my point that you know it's not a finished uh, job yet is it no there's still a lot to do but you know that'll come it's been a good start uh I think you have to say the recruitment the last couple of seasons has been a notch higher than it was, you know, in the three or four years previously. Um, so I've got every confidence that we'll, we'll find the right players. And like I say, uh, there seems to be a lot of emphasis and this is what Chris Wilder did on, on getting good characters as much as kind of good technical players. You look back to that 2017 uh, season, I think, which was on, which Brendan mentioned, which was under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. You actually look at the players we had in that side uh, and, and, you know, we were delighted when we signed them and they've kind of all gone on to better things, but it just didn't really gel, did it, uh, for, yeah. for us? When you think we had Crooks and Grimes in, in midfield, mm. you know, that's that's never a side that should get uh, relegated from League One. Yeah. Um, but I think what we do well at recruitment now is is, is identifying kind of players that can, can fit into a good dressing room and, like, mm. you know, heart back to their good pros. Um, and... 
I, I think that's what we're doing well at the moment, and what, which is why I'm pretty confident it'll kind of stand us in good stead. You know, uh, it's funny. You, I've just followed that uh, NGFC analytics <laughs> page yeah, there you now, go. As, as well because uh, I didn't follow them for, for for my sins as well. And you know, I've just seen the tweet there that actually, yeah, they are right. We we've we've retained the vast core of a side that got 80 points last year. Yeah. So if we can add, we've already added some kind of stardust to it. When you think of Burge and and Hilton and. It's just getting those kind of other signings to, to kind of fit the mould. And I've got every confidence that, that we can do that. That the you know, the, the owners and the board kind of seem to be backing them uh on, on the face of it so far in you know financial terms. So yeah, it's been a very promising start. We'll see how it kind of develops in the in the next few weeks on over preseason. But yeah, you know, it's it's I think it's fair to say that there's a a good kind of vibe around the place at the moment, which you wouldn't normally associate with us when we've lost two players of the stature of, of kind of Roberts and Horsfall. So mm. I think that's, you know, pointing towards, you know, heading us heading in the right direction. James, that was a really good point to wrap up on. And we'll just caveat that with the Leon Constantine rule. Anyone listening? <laughs> <laughs> any cobbler's player at any time could be turned out to be as useless as Leon Constantine. Exactly. If they do, blame James. <laughs> because he's the one that identified it. But um, <laughs> thanks for uh, both of you guys for joining us and uh, we'll okay. speak again soon. Thanks a lot. No worries. Cheers, guys. Bye. Soon. Cheers. Bye. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.